0: at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf.
1: Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future. Today's focus is success begins with trust. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted to have as our guest today, Mark Given, After attending the Ohio State University and graduating from Elon College, Mark spent 20 years as the CEO of a multi-state retail sales and rental company that grew to 47 locations. He's authored or co-authored eight best-selling books, including his Amazon number one bestseller, Finding My Why, Ernie's Journey. He's the author of the Trust-Based Philosophy Book series and writes articles for Money, Inc. Online, Mark's blog, Mark's Minute, uh, and is read by thousands of people across the world every week. So it is an honor to have Mark with us today. Today he will talk about the topic of trust. Uh, he shared the idea that our world is our bu- sorry, our world and our businesses revolve on the level of trust people have in us. Success begins with trust and ends when trust re- dissolves. So Mark's really going to talk about how do we build trust, gain trust, and recover trust. And we hope that this is a very practical conversation that will help you, the listener, accelerate how you develop trust. And in the unfortunate event that we all face on occasion, hopefully not often, what do I do to recover from those events that happen over the course of our lives? So Mark, welcome, and thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
1: So is there anything you want to share with our listeners about your background before we get started?
2: Yeah, I can give you a, a quick... Um, you know, I... Um, I'm just like everybody else, all the listeners out there, I... Um, have had uh a life full of good and bad experiences and uh what I have realized as as i 've studied and um and researched uh, the importance of uh, building, maintaining, and repairing trust over the last forty years is that we just it 's not trust is not just a concept we 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 accept it as a concept, and that 's true but it, and it may that concept may be simple but it 's not really simplistic in the way that we handle. Building, uh, creating, building, maintaining, repairing trust because it's so important as it relates to not just relationships. It could be relationships with you know within a family group, but clearly in leadership in business, um, there's a science to building, maintaining, and repairing trust. It's not just a concept. Uh, it's important that we understand that there are principles that uh, we can. Use to elevate ourselves to be more trustworthy, and then to maintain trust, so that we can be great leaders, great people, and uh, and we make the world better because we're 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 part of the those that are trusted.
1: Great, thank you. So let's jump in. How does the trust based philosophy help people succeed? And we, I think, we all have a sense that trust matters. But can you go into that a little more in depth?
2: You bet. So after after all the research that we've done, um, and there are some wonderful wonderful books out there, Marine, on on, um, on the on the the topic of trust, and certainly uh, everybody knows what that is. I mean, it's just a uh, it, it's easy to know that when you've got somebody you can trust or when you've got somebody you can't trust. But what we've discovered in all our research is that it's not just a concept because there really is a science. And what we say by that is that there are four facets to building, maintaining, and understanding the importance of trust. So, so the, we can talk about that while we're on, this, on this, uh, you know, this topic so that people understand that it's not just a concept, but there's science and there's a, there's a grand open part, there's a rapport building part, there's a maintenance part, and there's a repair part. And there are four distinct facets in understanding how to build, repair, trust. So it's simple, but it's not simplistic. There's really some important principles we all need to know and learn and and build. So how
1: do companies and people create, build, and let's start with how do we create trust?
2: Well, I tell you what, let's let's that's a, good, that's a good way to ask. So let's start with the first facet of trust, which is the, what I call, what we call in the trust-based philosophy, the grand opening. We all learned when we were young, even, that we only have one opportunity to make a first impression. And so uh, the science now behind all of that is, it, it proves that that's not only a true concept, but, but uh, Harvard, after studying influence, for nearly fifteen years and wiring thousands of people 's brains they they really discovered that. People form an opinion about us in 50 milliseconds, so in less than a blink of an eye when we're seen for the first time. So, it, of course, it relates to business, too. It relates to products, but more often than not, what we're interested in is, is focusing on the people, the you know the, the, the relationship. So, so, let's talk about that part of it, not the product side, but the people part. If you only have 50 milliseconds to make a first impression, and while people are judging you... You, or, and the word we use today is profiling, while they're profiling you, you're also profiling them. So it's really important that we understand that we need to present ourselves in the best light. And uh, there are some important principles in that grand opening that we teach companies and organizations, associations, colleges, I mean, people and organizations that want to learn this and and understand that there is a difference between just knowing we need to do something and how to do it. So we actually teach people how to improve their first best impression. So in that quick 50 milliseconds, they make that their best first impression. And it's it's pretty eye-opening for for most people as they see it's not as, it's it's simple but it 's not simplistic so would you
1: share with our listeners some of the ideas that you teach um, that would help them be aware of how how they make a first impression what are the things that that people look for and what are the things that our listeners should be paying attention to
2: sure uh, let me give you the let me give you the simple one that I, I think everybody would be um the uh, common sense one that everybody would get and then let me give you another one that I know they've never heard before so that they you know, we'll we'll give them a wow. Um, So obviously the way you dress, the way you appear, your body language, your facial expressions, um, the way you present yourself, those are all critical, almost, almost common sense in that, gosh, we know that if we're having a bad day, it's probably not a good idea to go meet a new client for the first time or, or to show up for a class if you're a professor. You know, you, you need to make a good impression. And those are all common sense things that I think anybody out there gets. But here's what we've really learned. Here's the wow. We've also learned that in the world we were all taught, at least in the United States, we've all been taught the same thing. We've been taught something called a two-step greeting. So we show up for this first impression, this grand opening, and we're going to introduce ourselves, and we're all taught this, so we've all been taught the same thing, which is a hi, I'm, or hello, I'm, or it's nice to see you, I'm. But, but that first introduction when it begins with I, hi, I'm, that introduction is really about ourselves. It's not about meeting somebody else, Marine. So what really happens then is more often than not, if you're just the, the the normal average human being, what happens is you walk away from that first introduction and you don't even remember the name of the person that you just met. You'd like to, but and we take memory classes to identify and, and associate. What, we've, what we try to move people from is a two-step greeting to a three-step greeting, which is a, a salutation. Uh, it's good to see you today, or it's nice to see you today, or, but we, but the the focus word is you, so it could be any salutation with the word you. So, boy, you know, it's it's good to have you here today or to allow me to come. And then we do a second step, which is the thank you. There's always a reason that you can thank somebody. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for seeing me today. Thank you for setting an appointment with me today. If you're a professor in a class, it's, hey, thank you for coming to class today. But it's always it's a you, you, and then the third step of the third step greeting is when you actually say your own name. So there's two huge benefits. By going from a two-step greeting to a three-step greeting, first of all, you go from, uh, hi, it's me, it's all about me, to let's make this introduction about You. So you're using the word you twice. The second benefit is because your brain has said three things, your mouth has said three things, you are more inclined naturally for you to actually listen. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, listen with the intent to hear. On a two-step greeting, we tend to listen with the intent to speak. So we say two things, and then we're we're thinking about what we're gonna say next. On a three-step greeting, our brain is more inclined to listen, and we are more engaged, and so we have a, a higher percentage of remembering the names. So there's so much more I could teach and all of our listeners on that, but gosh, in the grand opening, if they could just understand, if they could go from a two-step greeting to a three-step greeting, practice, 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 they become uh, better at at actually remembering the name, and they become immediately more likable because you've made the introduction about the other person now instead of yourself.
1: That's fabulous. Thank you. And it seems like it's so easy to do just adding in (laughs) more about the other person. (laughs)
2: try it, though, and you'll find out you've been doing the two-step greeting for so long that when you first try doing the three-step greeting, you'll stumble all over it. And so uh, when we're out doing, when I'm out speaking or doing sessions, I just have everybody stand up and put their hand out, introduce themselves, try the two-step greeting, and then try the three-step greeting. I almost always have to have that uh, a visual up, like on a uh, board or on a screen, where they can see the three-step greeting, because their brain is so used to saying the two-step greeting, they all over it but once you get good at saying a three-step greeting you remember names better you become more likable and your your first impression just it just goes kind of through the roof I mean people people just are they love to feel appreciated and they feel appreciated much more in a three-step greeting than any appreciation they feel in a, in a, in a two-step greeting because it's not about them to begin with it's about me so hope that helps some so
1: I'm going to ask you, because you just said people don't remember it, can you go through the steps one more time? We're four minutes from break, and I'm going to ask our listeners to practice during the break. So yeah, hi, absolutely. I'm Green. What a great
2: idea. <laughs> What a great idea! So here it is. It's it's very simple. It's a salutation. Step one is a salutation. The key word is to include the word you. So it could be anything you want to say. It's good to see you today. Hey, you. You know, if it's appropriate, it's you just give him a smile and say, "Hey, you look nice today." But you would include the word. You, something that feels comfortable in that scenario, in that situation, using the word you. And then you all, the second step, thank you. There's always a reason to thank them. Thank them for something. Thank you for seeing me today. Thank you for sending an appointment with me today. Thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Just It becomes natural to, to say thank you, and, and there's always a reason you can. The third step, then, is when you say your name. So it's, it's good to see you today. Thank you for having me here. I'm Mark Given. So if I was meeting you, Marie uh, Marine, one more time I would say, Hey, it's so good to see you today, Marine. Thank you for or I don't know your name. So hey, it's so good to see you today. Thank you for having me on your show. My name's Mark. And then I shut up. I'd be quiet. I let them speak.
1: And you probably did that when you and I prepped before the show, didn't you?
2: I did, and you didn't even notice it because Once you've practiced it so well, it becomes so natural that, uh, you you know, you just, people don't notice it, but they, so often what's what's really cool is that they recognize intuitively that there's something different, but Mm -hmm. they cannot put their finger on what it is. So it's not a trick. It's not manipulating. It's just becoming more, it's just creating a better connection. At the initial moment of the grand opening, which is so critically important, which leads us to the other steps, which we'll talk about after your break, I think, probably.
1: Okay, so, so, hi, um, it's nice to meet you, point out the you, thank you yeah, for yeah. seeing me today. Do you add in the person's name, then, thank you, Mark, for being on the show, so I'm well, more likely to remember
2: If you know if you know their name, but so often we're meeting people for the first time, Marine. We don't know their name, so in that case, it would be hi. uh, It's it's nice to meet you today. Thank you for taking the time to be with me. I'm in your case, I'm Marine, and so um, it's a just the the key point is you you. Meaning the other person. So them, okay. them, then you, right? But you're using the word you, you're using the word you, and then I'm me. I'm Mark, I'm okay. Frank, I'm Marine, I'm whoever, right? So Which is it, it, seems, it seems so simple. It seems so simple, but the truth is, when you practice it, let's associate it to uh, the Olympics very quickly. It's the difference between competing in the Olympics and winning a medal. And I'm not kidding. It is a it is a game changing strategy. Cool,
1: thank you. So I'm going to ask our listeners on break to practice this again. It's hi, nice to meet you. Thank you for X, Y, or Z. I am fill in your name. Practice that a couple yeah. times while we're on break, and Mark and I will be right back. Uh, the topic of our conversation is success begins with trust. You are with Mark Given and Maureen
3: Metcalf. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24 7.
0: Do you understand the technology in and around your business? If you're like most people, probably not. Telecom Talk with Pat Pittman will help you understand the terms, regulation, and language of the telecom industry, from 5G to spoofing, and what all those taxes and fees really mean. We cover it all on Telecom Talk. We'll even bring up some of the legal issues that have become front and center due to the current COVID-19. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
4: In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, co creating our future. Today, we are talking about success begins with trust. And our guest is Mark Given, who has written several best selling books about the subject of trust. So, in, in the intro, he talked about multiple facets one is the grand opening, the next is building rapport, maintenance, and then apology or restoring trust. So, Mark, let's jump into now the next facet. After the grand opening, how do I build rapport?
2: Well, after you've that, thank you for asking. So uh, once they've built that foundation of, hey, I think I like this person, I think I wanna get to know them, or maybe learn more about them, we move to the rapport building facet. And that facet is really about listening and talking less. So you would ask questions, and talk less. So I, I love to teach a principle as, uh, as I'm out traveling the world and, and trying to help folks and companies, organizations understand these principles. That what I mean by that is that. People really like to—they um, like to feel valued, and they want us to be uh, interested in them. I think uh, Zig Ziglar said it well. He said, "You can have anything in life that you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want." And so, the rapport building stage is listening. And it's asking questions and listening. So what you're trying to do is learn about these people now that we have built some kind of foundation with. And we teach that principle by teaching an acronym called F.O.R.D. And so back in the uh, 1940s, Dale Carnegie wrote a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. There have been a number of wonderful books since then. But that's the book I like to uh, talk about the most because, gosh, it was just so long ago that he wrote it. The principles haven't changed. What Dale taught back in the 40s when he wrote the book and was traveling and speaking was it th- that the most interesting topic anybody generally has is when they can talk about themselves. And so the rapport-building stage opens the door for people to talk about themselves and you have to kind of put your ego aside so that you can learn about this individual. So the FORD acronym is very simple. It is FAMILY, F stands for family. When you ask people about their family or something, you know, that relates to their family, it's amazing how much people will tell you about about themselves as it relates to their family. The O stands for occupation. It's what they do and their employment or what they used to do or what they're just passionate about uh, or or maybe not so passionate about in the things that they do to, to earn a living or what they used to do. So it could be anything if they're retired to their past work life to if they're working now, you know, what are they doing? That includes even homemakers. I mean, it's not about having a, a, a job. You know that's out there collecting a paycheck. It's about what do they do? What's their work? How do they spend their time? People love to talk about what they do to make the world a little better. The R then stands for recreation or what they do for enjoyment. Uh, people will love, they always will gladly talk about the things that they do when they are uh, trying to unwind. So, and then the D is probably the most difficult of the four. That really stands for dreams. It's about where you see yourself in the future, where you're where you're hoping your life will be. So, what we've discovered in all of our research, and, and of course in the writing of my books that I've written about, is that when you can when you can uh, use the Ford concept. To understand that if you ask people about those different areas, family, occupation, recreation, and dream, you can learn a wealth of information about people, which helps you not only understand them better, but it makes you amazingly likable. Because when you give people a chance to talk, they love to talk. And so if you can set set that, let me tell you about me aside, set your ego aside, and you can ask them things, it's amazing how much they'll tell you. And uh, they'll love you for it. People will just love you for it when you give them a chance to talk. So that's the the basis of the rapport-building stage is how do we get people to tell us more so that we can know – uh, how to uh, be engaged with them. From a business standpoint, it would be how, how much do I need to know not to be able to manipulate them because you don't want to ever manipulate people. That's I, I write about trust. You don't want to manipulate. What you want to do is learn so you always know then when to engage. Rapport is before maintenance. So if you learn, then you know how to maintain. So the rapport building stage is really Asking more questions, listening, 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 listening. So it's, uh, it's hard for people to do. They love to talk.
1: You know, it's interesting just practice that, we've, that I've done recently is asking people with tattoos why they have tattoos. I, I realize that's a fairly <laughs> new phenomenon. But the stories we get are absolutely fascinating.
2: Yeah, I bet you hear some wonderful stories, you know. They'll tell you all about getting that tattoo, too. They'll tell you where they got it and what, you know, they can tell you all, It's what a great question. And, you know, I wouldn't apply for everybody, but certainly in some instances you're thinking, hey, I'd like to know more about this. And when you show sincerity in the question, Maureen, people gladly will answer when they don't feel like that you're just – Uh, manipulating them or being salesy. Nobody likes to be sold, but they love to engage. And so that's how you build trust is when you show that you're really sincerely interested.
1: Well, and as an introvert, I've done a lot of practicing in airports and places that seem safe and just looking at people going up an escalator rather than looking down, asking people in a restaurant or, or servers, not going up to strangers. Um, you know, it, it is really practice for those of us who feel uncomfortable in having a deeper conversation, not, not for any okay. particular reason other than I'm just introverted and without a given topic. It's harder to engage in that building rapport step.
2: You- Absolutely. My, my most current book, I've got a new book coming out this year called The Trust-Based Entrepreneur which is about uh, something completely different and you know business related but but my my most current trust book in the trust based philosophy series is trust based networking and it 's in the in the byline of that is proven ways to stop meeting and start connecting, even an introvert can connect on a higher level, and they don 't have to talk to do it. all they have to do is learn that if they're if they just can just be comfortable or confident enough to just ask a good question a relevant question uh you know, uh, in, uh, an open-ended question instead of a closed question that you'd get a yes/no answer for. People, you know, if if they feel you're sincere, it's just amazing how people will open up. So even introverts can be very good at networking and communicating and building rapport and trust. And they don't have to be have this wonderful open, uh, you know, party-like. Uh, personality. They don't have to have that at all.
1: I I appreciate that there's kind of a formula that for someone, especially in the networking space, I work with a lot of technology leaders, and they are not traditionally known for their preference to spend their time networking. To be able to share (laughs) some basic (laughs) concepts that people can practice is really helpful for folks whose skills are are elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry for, for interrupting. Even in that world in the technology world, here's what they have in common. Tech. So if you learn to ask a question that relates to uh, some question about tech, you know, where do you see things going in the next 5 years? There's uh, that's an open-ended question and then you can you can probably sit there and listen for the next who knows how long, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, if, if you ask open-ended questions, you can easily have a much better chance of building some level of rapport instead of just having um, uh, an uncomfortable conversation or, or a very short, brief conversation. So uh, you can get to know people and they can get to know you. And it's amazing how much you can learn by asking instead of telling and when you ask, the other people tend to like you more anyway, because mm. you know they want to talk about themselves.
1: Beautiful, thank you. So now let's move on to maintenance. So I've I've had a, a good grand opening. I've talked about them, and then we've done rapport. So presumably some turn taking. So I'm not interrogating them. So I've I've asked <laughs> yeah. questions. I've listened. <laughs> uh,
2: well, all right. So the so the. Um so, the maintenance phase is really let 's say, for instance, you had a you know you you, you, you did the grand opening it worked, you like them, they like you, you want to connect, you build some reports, do so you know something about them uh you know in some way you want to have a, some kind of future. Uh, you know, connection with them. I mean, this works in rom- romantic relationships, too, but, but it, it can, re- you know, relate to business, too. It relates to education, too. Rel- relates to medical doctors. I mean, it relates to everything. If you're going to have an ongoing relationship, the maintenance phase is really more about giving than taking. The world loves Givers, in other words, when you are open and generous, and I'm not talking about spending money. I'm not talking about buying gifts. You know that you you ravish people with all these you know you wonderful things. I'm saying that you build some type of connection with them by showing that you've listened and you care. So the rapport building stage is 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 helping you understand when's a good time to connect and stay connected. The maintenance phase, which is giving instead of taking. Is when do I then uh, deliver something to them or just you know connect with them again in some way so it from a business standpoint it would be how do I serve them so that I can uh, help them solve their problems from a leadership standpoint It's uh, the maintenance phase is do I understand them well enough so that I can help them succeed so that if we're working together on a team or organization, I have a responsibility. I, I truly believe that there's a difference between a leader and a manager. Managers manage tasks. Leaders inspire. So if a leader is in the maintenance phase then their job is to connect with these people that they have this rapport with that they're working with to understand them so well that you know how to inspire and how to and when to inspire from a sales standpoint it's when to connect so that you can build repeat and referral business uh... from a uh... an educational standpoint it would be when do i need to make sure that i'm connecting with these maybe students or peers so that I'm providing some kind of servant leadership and that I'm helping them learn and grow. Uh, gosh, it works the same way in, in, uh, in family relationships, whether it be, you know, a couple or, a, you know, a significant other or children. Or I mean, it, that maintenance phase is being a giver, being available so that you are serving and, and making their life better so that they want to continue a relationship. Uh, My wife and I have been married for 42 years. I feel so blessed that we've had that kind of relationship and obviously, it's the foundation of, of that relationship is trust. And, and how do you keep trust? You maintain trust, right? You keep doing things and, and, and you're providing and giving so that, uh, so that you can trust each other and be trustworthy. So it relates to business. It relates to leadership. It relates to everything we do in life. Maintenance is giving. Uh, there's actually a great business book out there by Bob Berg and John David Mann called The Go-Giver, but then John Maxwell writes great books about leadership, about being the servant leader. And so there's wonderful books out there that teach the exact same principles we're teaching. They just teach the, the concept of trust, and I'm saying that's actually the maintenance facet of trust. Is that it, it doesn't do any good to try to maintain trust if you haven't established trust to begin with. So maintenance is to carry on so that we make sure that we continue to have some positive and, and valuable relationship, ongoing relationship.
1: So let me just restate then I have a great opening. I talk about them. I listen and I ask questions. And then maintenance is I I continue to follow up. And so in a work setting especially, uh, I think of leaders who deliver or or employees, leaders or not leaders, people who do what they say. I trust people yeah. who deliver on the commitments they've made. And I don't care how kind you are. If you don't deliver the results you've committed to, you're going to breach the trust.
2: I, t- I and I totally agree with that. and And I would say that as a leader you know uh, if you're trying to inspire people to do their best work that you would need to stay connected with them even briefly from time to time that's what maintenance is all about instead of instead of just drilling on deadlines which, was, mm-hmm. which is what a manager does because they're managing tasks. A leader would inspire people to not only want to do it, but then to get it done in a timely manner so that we're working together. And if there's a, if there's a problem along the way, a great leader that understands the maintenance phase will help people with the, the things they need to get, to, to, to get the tools they need to get it done. So, uh, so it, it applies to every every type of business or relationship mm-hmm. out there that maintenance is critical to creating long-term uh, relationships in business and in life.
1: So there's an overlap with this and the organizational vibrancy framework that for our listeners who have listened to the range of series, the idea that as a leader – you feel like I care about you, I have your best interest at heart, and I look for opportunities for you to succeed. And that seems exactly like what you're saying here. So as as we go on break, I would ask our listeners then to think about the facets we've talked about during this segment, both rapport and maintenance, and ask yourself how well you do with the people with whom you work at being genuinely interested in their lives and looking for opportunities for them to succeed potentially beyond the, the business relationship that you have, uh, not in a creepy way, way beyond, but
2: yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you are 100% right.
1: <laughs> so this is Maureen Metcalf and Mark given, and we're talking about success begins with trust. We will be right back for our third and final segment.
3: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: Do you understand the technology in and around your business? If you're like most people, probably not. Telecom Talk with Pat Pittman will help you understand the terms, regulation, and language of the telecom industry, from 5G to spoofing, and what all those taxes and fees really mean. We cover it all on Telecom Talk. We'll even bring up some of the legal issues that have become front and center due to the current COVID-19. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today.
4: How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. You are with Maureen Metcalf and Mark Given, and we're talking about success begins with trust. So we've been talking about the four facets of trust, the first being the grand opening, second being rapport building, third being maintenance, and the fourth then when the unfortunate event happens, the apology. Mark, can you give us some tools about how to apologize and restore the balance when we get off track?
2: Yeah, and you know it's unfortunate that we uh, we're human, and so um, we make mistakes. We all do, and things that we say, maybe things that we do, as it relates to an individual ourselves. We we you know sometimes we. Fumble the ball, you know. Right um, in business, clearly, all we have to do is look on the news or uh, you know look in our computer. The the, the it doesn't in, in all areas of life, whether it be politics or whether it be business related or just personal relationships, we make mistakes. So there are four clear steps to apologizing. Understanding at the same time. Once I give you these four steps, you cannot make somebody. Accept your apology, but what it, what what is really critically important is to build trust, or to at least have the opportunity to repair trust, or re reestablish ourselves with some level of trust. We we really need to go through these four distinct steps, and they are the first stage. Uh, of of the of the apology stage of the apology facet, is understanding that we 've got to be willing to recognize that we 're not perfect and we did make a mistake um, so many organizations companies individuals out there struggle they they can 't even get down a path of apologizing because they don 't want to admit they did anything wrong and um, and the truth is we all make mistakes and so If we can go down that first step and say, yeah, you know what, I really blundered on this. And it could be as simple as just saying the wrong thing to as complicated as uh, creating a product that harms people or doing something that actually destroys people's lives. So it it can be on a small level or a very big level. But the point is, if we don't recognize we've done something wrong, if we're not willing to, to, to take that step, we're not going to be able to move forward. The second step then to an apology is once we recognize we've done something wrong, we just admit that we've done something wrong. Um, now, I'm not an attorney, and I will tell you that I'll get some pushback from time to time from attorneys that say, no, if you admit you've done something wrong, you've now taken, there's some liability risk on this. Well, I understand that, and I, I agree with that, and I, I realize where that leads you sometimes, but the truth is, when, you, when, you, when you've messed up, it doesn't change anything to, to not be willing to admit, I've messed up. So I think you need to listen to your attorney, but at the same time, I think you need to recognize that, that, that what the world wants, what your spouse wants, what your uh, significant other, what your children want, what your grandchildren want, what the world wants is for us to accept the fact that we did something wrong and admit that we were not right, and that we, we harm somebody and how it might have made them feel, or how it might make us feel if that, somebody had done that to us. So that's the second step. The third step, then, is to rectify, to go to work rectifying the situation, which might include asking that question, how can I make this better? I understand how it made you feel. Now, how can I make this better? If it were me, this is how I would feel. This is what I would want. Here's what we can do for you. Now, I think you need to, you know, th- there are some people out there that would ask for more than what you can reasonably do. So I think you need to reasonably try to repair it. But reason, you know, is, is a hard word to define. But you need to do whatever you can to try to repair it so that you can move forward. You can, you're not going to build trust if you cannot in some way uh, show that you uh, are, are really trying to make that scenario, that situation better. Then the fourth step to a, a, a real true apology is then to never do it again, and to tell people you know, right up front, we recognize what we did, we recognize how it may have harmed you, here's what we're doing to rectify this situation, and this is what we're gonna do to make sure it never happens again. Or this is what I'm gonna do to make sure that I never do that again. I'm never gonna say that again, I'm never gonna do that again. We're gonna fix the product, and we're gonna you know, pay for the damages that it's done, and then we're going to make sure that we don't make the product, we're not going to put the product out there again, and we're going to make sure it doesn't cause any more problems. So anyway, those are the four steps. Recognize, admit, uh, make restitution in some way, and then not ever do it again. So we've all experienced times when we've maybe failed and done something wrong. The key then is what have we done to go through those four steps? We've all experienced where somebody has, Harmed us, or some company has harmed us, or some person has harmed us. So then the question would be, well, how do we feel about them? Did they go through those four clear steps, distinct steps, to make it better? And if they did, there's a there's a chance that in time we'll forgive them and uh, and maybe uh, you know continue with the relationship. So so the the uh, apology facet. The repair facet, that's the same one. The fourth stage then in the facets of building trust is understanding there are four distinct steps to making it better, to recognizing that the world's not a perfect place and we live in an imperfect world and we're imperfect people that live in this imperfect world.
1: Great. I think that's really helpful. And I do think it's critical to have a process because, as you point out, we all make mistakes. And sometimes it's just our technology. Right, that that my yeah, you bet. scheduling software <laughs> didn't sync this morning and I was at risk of missing something. So so yeah. I, I think of a time recently where I was really embarrassed and it was the scheduling software issue and had to call someone a week out and um ask for help because I had committed to be in two different locations at the same time. Sure. And sure. what I heard back was owning it made all the difference. We appreciate that you yeah. said. I I just m- messed it up, and I have no excuse. I'm not going to blame anyone. It, it's on me, and sure. I I need your help to fix it.
2: Well, you know, and they may be mad at you a while you know that it happened because maybe they've been you know they're they're frustrated or they're disappointed or maybe it's been costly to them in some way but the transparency that's what we seek in this world today is we want people to, and businesses to be transparent and so um you know and it, there's some authenticity that's a part of this um you even mentioned in your um in if you go on Voice America, and you see your show and you 've got this wonderful interview there, and it talks about the the three parts of alignment because that 's what we 're talking about is aligning people in my case with trust, and you talk about there 's three pieces there 's systems and process there 's a culture to it, and there 's a mindset to it and and all three of those apply to exactly what we 're talking about here. there are systems that we need to to know and understand because it 's the culture and the mindset that we live in today that you know people they want to do business with you right and they'd like to do business with you again so uh if you if you're honest with them tell them the truth do good work and then when you're when you're you know not on time you just tell the truth and you, and you work hard to get it done communication is an awfully important key to building maintaining repairing trust
1: so mark thank you for bringing up the idea of mindset culture and systems as you work with individuals, how do you help organizations create a a culture of trust? Because we can think of a lot of examples recently that have had violations and, and maybe not intentionally setting out to do the wrong thing at the outset, but trying to backpedal and cover up the mistakes. How do we create a culture and systems that out of the gate promote And encourage trustworthy behavior.
2: Well, you know, your theme is leadership disruption. So so the reality of it is if you've got leadership that doesn't understand the importance of the principles of building, maintaining, repairing trust, you probably need new leadership. Because eventually there's going to be something that fails, and the world is not going to wait for you to admit it. Boy, we live in a world now with social media that as soon as you mess up, uh, it, it's out there. It used to be that, you know, it was harder to get that news out. But now we don't even have to depend on the media. Just individuals do that. So so we need leadership that understand that the culture and the mindset of the leadership should be to teach all of those folks within their, um, you know, within their team or their organization, that they need to understand the systems and the processes to make sure that uh, we are doing it right. You know, we, we're heading down the right path, and when we when we make mistakes, let's just tell the truth and uh, and and then let's fix it and you know let's repair it and let's move on. So so I think it's I think it begins with leadership. Trust begins with. Great leaders that understand that you cannot inspire people if they do not trust you. And so it needs to begin at the top.
3: So how about
1: environments, and there are still a lot of these, where employees are afraid to say, I messed up, especially if I really messed up. So so just yeah. human nature <laughs> is, I want to preserve my job, my reputation, yeah. and, and so... Yeah. Owning my mistake, it's fine to be late for a meeting or double book myself. But if I do something that causes serious harm, how do we build a culture that owns that as well when, again, I might lose my job, my livelihood, my ability to pay for my house and my kid's college or or whatever my financial obligations are? Telling the truth can be expensive.
2: Yeah, it really can. And and unfortunately, I I recognize that because we're we're, we're all you know susceptible to error because we're just human beings. And the, and the problem is that um the reality of in in most cases, probably not in every single case, but eventually um if you uh, if you really mess up and I mean big mess up, um if you can't find some way to when you just try to cover your errors, they eventually come out anyway. It's just a matter of time. So um it's it's scary because when you really messed up it, it could mean your you know, your whole livelihood and and all of that. And and I wish I had a simple answer for you for that. But realistically When we when we don't admit our errors, and when we have a culture that hides errors, when the truth does come out, the damage can be so severe that I I believe that what would be worse was that what would be worse than losing my job would be not to be able to get another job because. Because now the word's out that I can't be trusted, so it's a scary, frightening world out there, and we make mistakes. But but and it's hard to to sometimes see the long term uh, results. But but realistically, you know, obviously, when we do it the right way, even when we mess up, we at least have the potential to rebound. When we hide our sins, you might say, uh, they they will eventually come out. And then, and then if nobody trusts us, it's going to be really difficult to go to another firm or another organization and even get hired. So it, it's a scary place to be um, when you really, really, really mess up. And, uh, you, you know, it's hard to look at the, you know, you're looking at the now and uh, it's hard to look at the down the road. So uh, I wish there was a simple solution to that on, a, on our show today to say, here's what you should do. But I think clearly there's got to be some, some real thought put into what's the long-term results here if I don't maintain integrity and trust, how, how, how bad could this really harm me in the long-term? And short-term might be bad, but long-term could be much, much, much worse.
1: So I'm going to make a final comment and then ask you to let people know where they can find you. Worse than sure. losing my reputation is killing people. You know, we've seen big instances visible where a technology, yeah. a plane, a, a space shuttle, something blows up and kills people. And sure. uh, organizations who's, uh, who make those mistakes and think they can think their way out of them, and then they get revealed uh, are, those are catastrophic. And I don't want to end on a bad note. The good note is that you've given us a lot of different tools that are very helpful to help people establish, build, maintain, and recover trust. So in the last minute and a half, can you share with our listeners where they can find you and learn more about your fabulous books?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, my name is just Mark Given, and so I've, I've built everything kind of around that. So if they go to my website, it's just markgiven.com, M-A-R-K-G-I-V-E-N.com. You can find out about what I do. Uh, my email is just mark at com, and uh, I'd love for them to look and see. Um, we are obviously uh, always interested in, in having people pick. Up our books, you can pick those up off my website. Uh, they are—they're uh, not always easy to find on Amazon, but they're all there, and we're fixing that, so that's much better. And and obviously, I spend a lot of time traveling, speaking to uh, the organizations and companies, associations. Um, you know, large and small, so fortune five hundred companies are much smaller companies, uh, universities from time to time and uh, i 'm interested in helping people understand that there really clearly are four facets of trust that they are usable, practical, and they 're game changers and they really can take us from competing to to, to being on the gold medal stand and it 's just understanding that uh, trust is not just a simple uh, concept it 's actually a critically important principle that the more we know the more we understand the better that we can be and uh, and and our lives are better and our businesses are better when we understand that uh, when we when we create uh, deeper levels of trust it can't do anything but help our lives and our businesses improve so if there's a company or organization out there that I can help just uh, look me up online and uh, and give me a holler. My phone number's right there. They can call me right there from my website.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate your insight. And for our listeners, I trust that you've gained some interesting and very useful tools to help you no matter who you are improve how you build trust. We hope that you are able to join us again in the near future. I can be reached at innovate@ Maureen at InnovateLeader.com I can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn or on Facebook we look forward to you joining us again in the near future thank you
0: thank you again for joining us this week please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.